So welcome to the Full Circle Podcast, Finding Your Way Home. I'm your host, Gillian McMichael, and once again, I am delighted that you are here. Now, today I am in conversation with Sam Wright from Natural Edge Coaching. Now, Sam has been a life coach now for a number of years, and she did train with me many, many years ago, but her coaching has evolved where she now specializes in taking her clients outside getting into nature and connecting with themselves in a way that perhaps they've not done for a very long time. Now, in this conversation, we explore everything from life experiences to your challenges and overcoming life's obstacles that get thrown at you throughout your life. We also explore how you can connect not only with nature, but also with your true self and how you can learn just to be. So why don't you just sit back and enjoy this conversation because I certainly am looking forward to it. So Sam, welcome to the Full Circle podcast, Finding Your Way Home. I'm thrilled that you're here and it feels like this has been kind of maybe a bit of a a long time in waiting, but here we are yes, in person, which is fantastic. (laughs) It is exciting to get a hug. (laughs) So welcome. So Sam Wright, coach and what else? Tell us more. Oh, what else? Um, I think I've put up there first mother. Mother. Mm -hmm. um, And to two boys and also forest therapy guide. So nature connection guide. And we can maybe explore that yeah, in a minute. Definitely. Mm-hmm. But yeah, essentially coach. Coach is the day job. Coach is my purpose. And coach is possibly the reason I'm here with you today. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk around the work that you do. We're going to talk around the forest journeys that you take your clients on in terms of that sense of connection to nature. And we're going to find out a little bit more around your own journey as well. How does that sound? Sounds great. Thank All right. You. So why don't we rewind a little bit? All right. I don't know how far you want to go back, okay. <laughs> but kind of talk to me a little bit more, maybe first of all, around your connection with nature, I think. Maybe can we start there? Yes. Massive question. And I do often contemplate this because I, th- I do think to myself, where has this all come from? Hmm. And I try to go back as far as possible, but you start, start questioning what's memory and what's just pictures, but essentially always have been an outside sort of girl. Um, But I think what struck me is in times of stress or trauma or difficulty, challenge, that's where I found myself, but not really put the patterns together until much later in life. So yeah, I've been fortunate always to have like um, a pet. Mm -hmm. And so in those teenage years when there might've been some challenging times at home, taking yourself out on those walks, um, feeling safe um, and just having having that space. But then I feel I lost it a bit. And I think lots of people lose Mm. their connection or don't appreciate maybe the connection that's innate, I believe in everyone. And it took a while and I found it again when I had to relocate a lot. So I was 12 weeks with a newborn baby and we were moving to Switzerland. And I remember like the overwhelm of all of that. It was winter too, arriving in a new country, driving on the wrong side of the road, trying to learn German whilst breastfeeding. And it was all like <laughs> absolute whirlwind of emotions. And 
what I found myself doing was walking uh, mm. a lot. And luckily in Switzerland, the paths are so like buggy friendly, but walking to find my place, mm. um, to understand not just physically where I was and, you know, that town's over there or that settlement's over there, but to really kind of cement myself in, in mm. that land. Yeah. And I noticed that when we kept moving country to country internationally, that was my go-to. But again, wasn't really putting these together mm. in patterns until um, I started doing the coaching journey and really reflecting back. So nature's always been in me. I've done a science degree with including zoology with getting out and monitoring squirrels in Kensington Gardens. And I found my husband that way and all sorts of different- squirrels. Basically, and yeah, so it's kind of shown itself all the time, yeah. but I haven't always noticed. That's interesting. So it's in a couple of things that you said, you talked about maybe when you were younger, being outdoors and that kind of sense of connection to nature made you feel safe. Can you talk about that a little bit more? So, whereas I feel lots of people don't feel safe mm -hmm. when stepping outside, um, particularly into like an open space, a green space, a woodland space, I do. And the space was the quietness, I think, that I found within me. Right. So there was arguments, a lot of rows going on at home between my parents, and I found that really difficult. Mm -hmm. And it was at crucial points, like, you know, GCSEs, A-levels, all that kind of jazz. And taking, my dog was called Ben at the time, taking Ben for a walk on a known walk, I think enabled me without having the language to essentially meditate yeah. in, that, in that space and feel, well, to coin your, your book, like I was coming home to me. Mm -hmm. No matter what was going on at home, I had that kind of circuit that I could do where I knew where I was, I knew yeah. there was no one coming at me. I knew that there was no, I didn't have to hear things I didn't want to hear. I was just in the fields. With yourself. With myself and my dog, yeah. yeah. Amazing. And it's interesting because obviously lots of people have those experiences when they're younger, that maybe home isn't always peaceful. But it's interesting that became your comfort and your place of knowing, I suppose, in terms of knowing that it would give you what you needed at that particular moment in time? I guess I would say I didn't know it was giving me yeah. what I needed. Mm -hmm. And it was only now later on in much later in life that you yeah. look back and you realize, but yeah, that was intuitively there. Mm. And it was kind of pulling me yeah. to go, just get out, just get out. But interesting then as you married and you had children of your own that you then also still went back to that in all yeah. of those many different places that you lived in your earlier years. Yeah, so it, it, again, it was like unconscious that in times of challenge or stress yeah. or that kind of lost, mm -hmm. that I took myself out to find my place within, I don't know, the bigger sphere of life or mm. the, the bigger planetary kind of earth itself. It's just to make not friends, but to, to make acquaintance with the land, to know that if I needed to, in any one particular moment of a day, I knew where to go yeah. to get that sense of calm. It's really interesting that you use the word 
acquaintance because in a way, tell me if I'm wrong, but it feels like there's this sense of getting to, to know a place, getting to, to know the land around you, so the environment. And I, w- I would imagine, I've, I've never, I've, I've not traveled, you know, I haven't been an expat, for example, so, but I know plenty of people have. And, and I know that can be very disconcerting for a lot of people because you're shifting and moving quite a lot. So that sense of acquaintance, would you say, although you might not have realized it at the time though, that also the acquaintance was was with yourself again in the same moment? So it wasn't just with the environment, but it was also with yourself. Yeah, it was where, it was where I am my best, mm-hmm. I know that. It's where I am my truth. And it's where I, you can just, I believe it's a place where you're just not judged. There's no judgment there. You mm-hmm. know, there is just the breeze and the trees and in Canada, the mega squirrels and the raccoons. And mm-hmm. and you can speak out loud, you cannot. You can just walk, you can whistle, you can sing, you can scream, you can cry, you can do whatever you yeah. like. Mm-hmm. And that space is held for you. And that's a really powerful thing when you realize what that land is offering you. And I was so grateful for always being able to choose somewhere that wasn't totally urban centric there was always some either blue space or green space available within a walking distance um, and that was crucial so how how did that obviously because you you know like you said you started off as a scientist and then now you're a coach and you do a lot of the forest bathing work and we're going to talk about that in a, in a moment or two but but take me back to the scientific side of you and obviously your studies and things like that so so what kind of led you to be passionate about that that then led you to being passionate about nature well I went to an all-girls school and it was I really this is fun I really wanted to do like um, design and um, textiles and create things I loved kind of making really cool stuff but the careers advisor was girls of today must go and do science Um, So there I was, chemistry, biology and geography, and that took me into university, doing a biology degree and then taking that on to specialising in zoology. And and so what I learned with that is a framework. I learned a a method of how to kind of assimilate data, how to articulate data and how to explain my process. So with the method design, blah, blah, blah. And that was really handy. But when it came to finishing my degree, I was like, I must use my degree. Mm-hmm. I was, the, I was you know, on that treadmill of, <laughs> I must do this. Yeah. There's no, no other alternative. Um, otherwise, it's a waste. So I kind of was looking for a career that would enable me to use effectively that. And I eventually, it wasn't easy, but I eventually fell into um, working in R&D, in a massive blue chip organization running their like diabetes trials their obesity trials and that you'd think was oh um was there trying to really make a difference to people and using the skills that I'd been fortunate enough to be to be given Mm -hmm. but in reality as many of us find out that career was essentially budgets I might as well have been an accountant yeah and the joy in that career was the team, the the open plan office, the travel and and communicating with a vast array of cultures and, yeah. and people. But again, 
you're in your mid-twenties, you're kind of, I must succeed, I must succeed, and you're competing and pushing yourself and trying to get as far up the ladder as you can, not realising that actually the joy that you're getting from these, this career is not what you're actually doing. Yeah. It's the things around you. And I remember seeing even then a life coach, and I was like, what the hell's a life coach? Who needs a life coach? Mm -hmm. Like, surely it's your life, just sort it out. But it, it did something in me. I didn't investigate, I didn't look any further, but it just did something to plant itself. Yeah. But that career, you see, um, whilst I loved it, um, took way more than I was willing to give mm. it. In what way? Tell me more. So during that time, um, I got married and then in my late, very late twenties was trying to be, get pregnant, have my family and was working 24 seven, you know, when you're driving to work and you've got the heart flutter yep. every day. Mm. Um, and I guess that was um, stress and anxiety and overwhelm and all the rest of it. But essentially what that led to was, I believe, a number of recurrent miscarriages. So that was a horrible period of time. That was imagine. about seven years of, of every year going through so many investigations, mm. so much heartache, being at work, miscarrying, presenting whilst miscarrying, all these oh things gosh. that you just, back then as yeah. well, you can't say. There and was you didn't talk about it then, no. No way, mm -hmm. no. And then I tried to find my way through that, so holistically, um, as well as I tried to reduce my hours, but that's just insane, you know, you're yeah. doing five day, five five-day job in a four-day week and I tried reflexology and I actually committed to that for a year and I truly believe that actually helped me yeah I got a dog <laughs> you know I had to I had so much love to give I had to outpour this on something mm -hmm. and eventually was able to kind of hold on to this pregnancy so yeah we we had this dog and um I was six months pregnant and it was early one morning. My husband was already in Switzerland living there. So I was walking and essentially Barney got run over. Oh and yeah. Gosh. And what was really weird about that whole experience was it was like I couldn't have both. And it was like, oh goodness. It was like he, he was there for the reason to enable me to get that far along in my pregnancy. And then I had to let him go. And it was, well, the whole thing was horrific, but I'm not gonna think about that right now. But that was outside. Now I've not been able to go back to that place in nature because it was outside. It was my safe space. It was like everything I thought nature afforded me, but it took something away in that moment that I loved. But I believe in synchronicity and the strangest thing was that the same time or literally half an hour after the original breeder of of the dog got a call from someone saying that they no longer wanted his brother and that that was my old dog ben and he essentially came with me all around the world and maybe that was maybe that was just the way it was supposed to be but he 
I don't know where we're going with this now. I've completely don't worry, it's lost it. Fine. Listen, thank you for sharing that. I mean, I've got to say that. That's a coaching thing to say, but I'm sorry, but thank you so much for sharing that because actually I didn't, you know, the fact that you'd been through so many miscarriages, the fact that you'd, the dog was there to most probably maybe be there as a bit of a healing yeah, support 100%. for you. Yeah. Um, that's a massive assumption, but I'm assuming that. And the fact that then you got pregnant and, and things. So actually what struck me about all of that is that because you talked about that sense of loss and it feels to me that through that period of your time that there was a huge amount of loss and a huge amount of healing that also needed to happen. I think there was a good, what am I now? I'm 48. I think there has been a lot, a huge amount of loss that I have not, I'm only just really beginning to accept. Mm -hmm. So whilst it was all happening and I'm a very much a move on, move on, yep. get up and go, move on. I'm quick, I, I process, I move on. But with the world speaking more, with like things like this, the podcasts that you listen to and hearing other people's story, sometimes it makes you realise that what you've gone through in your past actually was a little bit traumatic. Very much so. <laughs> And, you know, with family breakdowns, with your own loss, with loss of career, with with moving, with loss of friendships, it was all about losing. Yeah. So now I kind of accept it was it was no surprise that come my mid thirties I was utterly lost myself. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And whilst nature gave me a brief pause that wasn't going to be the deep yeah. fix and it's again thank you because it's very insightful i think and i think sometimes you don't realize or recognize that when you're going through it in the moment i think it's only when you do i think age <laughs> time you know is a very good healer but it also gives you that perspective doesn't it it gives you as though because you can zoom out then and you can look back in through a different lens or from a different angle and it does give you a lot more insight. And it feels to me that that's what you're saying is that through that process, you'll actually realize, because I think, especially if you're a young mom as well, you don't have a lot of time to think about things. In the corporate world, you don't have a lot of time to think about things. It's just do, 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 go, go, go. And I think you're right. I think that moments of escape, which we all seek, mm -hmm. um, you sort it out in nature. Others seek it out in alcohol yeah. or drugs or food or you know, socialize, whatever it might be. We all, in, you know, in one of our previous guests, Denise, it's all about fitness, you know. And, and so we, we, we have our vices in terms of those momentary, those moments of escape where we can lose ourselves in whatever it is that is giving us comfort. But it's not, like you said, it, it's, it's short-lived. And it feels to me that for you to get that depth of real deep, time space connection whatever the phrase is or the word is I'm not quite sure that you have to be in that space for a lot longer than those moments could that be fair to say I'd say it's, it's very fair to say I think there's I think there's much to be said about really diving in and being in that space for an extended period of time yeah. but also to then once you've maybe experienced that to come out realizing that the world is fast that life is life yeah. is heavy and hectic and and loving that as much as Absolutely. anything else so connecting in 
consistently and mm. persistently. Yeah. And and for you, I know, you know, you talk about meditation being your life changer and yeah. and just to even first to accept that it's really helpful and who I am without a daily walk, two, two, twice daily walk, maybe just for 10 minutes, is a completely different being if I haven't done that. Yeah. Um, I end up getting shouty and irritable and all, all the things that you don't want to be as a mother. Absolutely. Or a friend or a, or a work colleague. Absolutely. And I can totally relate to that. And I'm sure people who are watching and listening to this can, can, can do the same. I think, I think it's so important that that, that time is, is, is so invaluable. Mm. And actually without it, yeah, we don't maybe function as properly or as well as we, we, we would like to be. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I mean, look, we're human, we're human beings, right? We're, we're flawed, yeah. deeply flawed, I would say. Um, that's just my particular point, uh, point of view on it. But I do think we are. And I think we're always going to have those challenges because that external reality of, of where, how we live, whether that's our jobs, our families, our friendship groups, our communities, are always going to draw us away mm-hmm. and take us outside of ourselves. And unless we're going to be living up in the I don't know, top of a mountain on our own, just yeah. kind of reflecting and things like that. We don't, we don't always find that, we don't always have that luxury of time. But what I'm hearing yourself say is that persistency in terms of being, I don't think that's the right word, persistency, but, but being persistent, basically. Consistent and persistent. Consistent the, and persistent. Yeah, yeah, they kind of go hand in hand. I say them a lot when I'm talking to clients as well, because it's kind of dedication to yourself yeah. mm-hmm. and it doesn't need to be overthought. Yes, it can. It can simply be stepping out with a cup of tea in into your garden. Yeah. When I notice myself putting barriers, even when you first invited me here, I was like starting to put barriers mm. in front of me, and I was like, "God's sake, Sam, just just say yes and and then ask for help." So I've got hundreds of people. At, like helping me out with the dog and the kids and everything else today just to enable me to come and be with you. I haven't seen you in ages. So it was really important. But when I'm noticing that procrastination as such, it's to go, what is this about? Yeah. And I always, again, in, in my coaching, you'll find that I kind of use analogies or metaphors like this, look under that rock because mm. that rock's looking really heavy, but what's underneath it? What's moving as soon as you lift it up and have a look, and there might be that little wood, wood lice or whatever it is, yeah. the centipede. But it's it's noticing what's wriggling underneath and kind of exploring those things. Yeah, per, I mean, really, and, and I love the analogy about the rock because, <laughs> again, nature-orientated, right? So we're going to come back to that. So so obviously at that point, that life coaching seed had been planted, yeah. but I know that it took you a while to get to that mm. point. So, so... What, talk, talk me through that journey in terms of because obviously like you said you know you, you you've been traveling with your husband and his work you've been raising the family you know so so what was that turning point where you thought actually hang on I'm going to really mm. I'm going to really pay attention to this so when you are in the relocation world you tend to have um, these cycles of okay. like you like you land and you're there and I I believe so it's again this is all my my opinion and beliefs I really feel it takes like a, a gestational period, a nine month period 
for you to really embed yourself mm. in a new place, whether that be from north to south of England, wherever yep. it is, it doesn't matter, but to embed yourself so you know where to quickly pop out and get that card for the teacher or how to get round the corner, da da da, through the cut through to somewhere else. So you just feel part of that place. And unfortunately, what happens is you get the sweet spot between nine months and about 18 months where you can rest back, think, okay, I'm here now. Let's invest in some friends. Let's invest in yeah. the, the place. Then as soon as 18 months hits, because it's getting close then to potentially your two moving year, on. two and a half year, you're moving within the next year. Yeah. So you start to, without realizing, you start to pull away. That's and really interesting. So, well, I did. So you start going, and so you come back into yourself, and that's really disconcerting. So when when you're traveling like this in the cycles, when we got back to the UK, and then there was an opportunity to move again, I found, and I didn't want to come back to the UK, so it wasn't like, um, oh, I must come back. It yeah. was a, oh, I didn't realize we'd be going full circle. <laughs> um, and <laughs> And it was a bit, Again, it was coming back 10 years later, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, no NCT friends. I hadn't been a mother in the UK. I'd only been a career woman. Brand new country, effectively. Yep. And I didn't want to move again. I kind of got to the point of, I want to lay down some roots here. The kids are still really young, but I, I they're, in, they're entering into kind of later years of primary school. I know what I was like as a teenager. I want them not to be the transition kids. Yeah. So I started to look out for me. Um, and I went off and did a permaculture design course. Again, all about the land, all about how the land functions and using, um, using the way it, it, it represents itself in a modality to kind of um, build in sustainable ways for using that land. I loved it, enjoyed the course, but it was more about the people. And there was, um, you know, you've always got like crucial books in your life. There was a book called People and Permaculture by uh, Luby McManara. Look it up. She's really amazing. And she basically applied all of these permaculture principles, but to people. Mm -hmm. And that suddenly started to really resonate. But still, I couldn't work out you know, like what this meant. Mm -hmm. Rich was, you know, still going um, to different countries. He was in Denmark and we were kind of commuting backwards and forwards. And so I ended up going on a bit of a 10-day trip. So you talked earlier about really taking yourself away, and I did. And it, f it, was, it felt awful, like leaving the kids behind and going away for 10 days. And I went back to Canada. But I went to parts of Canada that I hadn't experienced and it was essentially like going to say goodbye to the land. I really did enjoy um, the, 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 the kind of environment there is, is something to be behold. And I went, I got on the plane. I remember being, I wasn't a, Sam the mum. I wasn't the wife. I wasn't the friend. I was essentially Sam. I, I feel that was just going off to university, that, that version and so any stranger I came across, it was really down to me what I shared. Mm -hmm. And it was a really bizarre experience of, of traveling around, being a tourist, being in hostels and going to the restaurant or the pub and 
just having these random conversations. And about five synchronous, synchronous, oh, I can't say the word, um, five moments, five conversations led me to them saying, have you ever considered being a coach? How interesting. <laughs> and of course, this is Canada, right? And I always think they're like five or six years ahead of us uh, in the mm -hmm. UK when it comes to health, wellness, fitness, everything. And I was like, oh my God, it's that word again. So I came back and I started to investigate and I found you. <laughs> <laughs> you did. And, and um, I did investigate all over the place. I wanted an international um, qualification still very still very scientific and wanted something that could be really useful if I had to move all over the world and I was nearly signed up to do a, a you know, qualification in with a US organization and then I had my conversation with you and I was like no no this is what I'm going to do and that's literally I haven't looked back since the rest is history the rest say. is history <laughs> now obviously I know that you um, offer life coaching and working with private clients but I'm really interested if and I'm sure the listeners will be as well to kind of talk us through that journey of how then you started to work back out in nature because mm. there's not many coaches doing that no and I, I don't do it with all my clients because a lot of them you know it has to be yeah. online but even then um you can weave in nature yeah. in some way but yeah, I, I, all I've done is essentially, where am I at my best? Where can I serve the people I want to serve with the purpose that I've been given in the most efficient way? How can I keep my healthy boundaries serving me well? Because I know what it feels like when they're not there and how lost I become. Yeah. Um, so effectively looking at the whole package with me there too, going, what do I need? Because what I need means that I'm then able to give my best self mm -hmm. out. So it's, I come down, I do lots of coaching with a variety of different people. Um, you know, in London, when I come down, we might walk in St. James's Square or the park. Um, and I take executives away from their everyday offices, mm -hmm. even if it's just for you know an hour, 45 minutes. And I believe, rightly or wrongly, that we get to them, their truth, the insights, the kind of shift, the, the ease, the calmness, the clarity, quicker mm. when we're outside. And we're walking in a partnership and coaching, as you know, is, is that partnership rather than the, you know, yeah. across the table, so to speak. And that's kind of represented mm. physically, metaphysically in, in that space. So yeah, that's what I, I try and do as often as possible. Amazing, because it is a different experience because obviously, I mean, since pandemic, we're much more all virtually and that's why it's so lovely doing this in person actually rather than over a screen because you can just get fatigued so much and everybody's on Teams or Zoom or whatever it is. And, and as we know, life is still busy. In fact, it's got, I think, personally busier uh, since pandemic. But, but that ability to take yourself away and I said it might not be for a massive, huge amount of time, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, 50 minutes, whatever it might be, but to get people outside I don't know about you, but I always remember having to have <laughs> difficult conversations with my son. And I 
always used to have the best conversations with him when we were either out walking or in the car. Now, I know we're driving, but that sense of where you're not necessarily face-to-face, but you're walking alongside. Mm -hmm. And it feels to me that's quite important in the work that you're doing. And even in the car, you are alongside each other. Yeah. And around you is nature. So you are, I mean, that's what I mean. It's so accessible if we stop kind of putting our own definitions effectively around what is nature. Mm -hmm. Nature can be that drive where you notice that oak tree and it changes its seasons every year. This morning it was really foggy and you could see it just its silhouette. And I love the winter skeletons of of our trees. Um, But yeah, the walking alongside, um, some great things that happen. You know, I've I've, had a few clients that that are walking so fast. I'm not unfit, you know, I <laughs> keep myself fit. Um, and I'm a fast walker. My dad used to call it a school walk, but um, um, they are walking so fast. And even in that, I can bring a question that makes them just consider why they are walking or what, what is it that's making them walk so fast? And some come back saying, oh, I, I can't walk any slower. You know, this is the way I walk. I'm like, oh, okay. Or, for now, just keep 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 pace with me, and then we'll, we'll carry on. And by the end of those sessions, um, I then might tap back into so about the um, walking really fast. Or what have you noticed? And they've like l- mm. really physically calmed down. <clears throat> and uh, I know that you know when you're on a mission, you're on a mission. Uh, and you notice nothing around you and you know you use your bags to get people out of the way but just if we can bring in some kind of resonance of of calm and and bodily awareness in those sessions as well supported by what's around us um and you can bend down and pick up things you can ask people to point things out or um, they naturally, if you're looking at long-term visions, I can turn and look at the perspective in front of you, the horizon, and and say, right, you know, if that's your goal, and that this tree in a foreground, what's that? Amazing. So you can use things that, and actually, so much more interesting sometimes than just having the conversation. Mm. And it feels from what you're saying that again, it gets you to look at things from maybe I don't know, maybe a fresh perspective. Well, hopefully you're out in fresh air. Uh, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I'll just say a different, it's a different lens. A it's, different lens. It's just a different lens. I mean, there are ways of looking at things. And there's so many people have so many different ways. Um, essentially, it's, it's all the same thing. But if, the, if nature and getting outside or just being away from your desk feels good, yeah. then, then you're going to get the best out of your, your time. Yeah. that you're investing in yourself. Absolutely. So tell me then, what do you see as those kind of golden nuggets, those benefits of, obviously there's a slowing down, there's the pace, there's the, the new lens and things like that, but from a, maybe a well-being perspective as well, because I know a lot of us are suffering at the moment from challenges around our well-being, burnout, anxiety, stress, all those kind of mental health and stuff. So so what would you say, because I know it it can be that healing kind of experience can't it so what would you say that some of those benefits are of actually getting yourself outside but also having that meaningful conversation at the same time so I mean coaching aside just stepping outside what it's like I've got an um my business partner is 
my surroundings um, is that tree, is that, that sky, that's so is amazing. the land. Yeah. That's that's who I'm in, in business with. And we support each other. So firstly, it's giving me all of these benefits. Mm-hmm. And so it's also giving you or anyone else. So when you step outside um, and start to begin to notice maybe the clouds around you or the branches of the tree yeah. or the ripples of light, you're taking your kind of hard fascination away and you're focusing on what they call soft fascination so like I don't know the sun sunrise sunset and you do that with ease you don't do that with you're not oh look at that sunset you are oh look at that sunset and that is offering um so much to your endorphins your sense of awe your sense of place but also it's physically working on you our our eyes are kind of designed um, to notice these fractal patterns we must remember that our time on this planet as this amazing human race that we think we are has been so brief and yet we have all evolved and developed neurologically physically um, from the woods from the savannas and we're now placing ourselves, and that's where we've been 99.9% of our time on this planet. Only in recent, a blip of history, have we been in these urban-centric scenarios with all of this incoming. So we're not, I don't think, equipped yet, yet, to be in these new habitats with these new kind of experiences that we have to have to manage. So yeah, the fractal patterns that are recognized by our eyes and we we physically relax with that. The dopamines by just getting out and walking in nature, being active, the serotonin from gardening, you know, putting the soil in our hands and the smell it has the same impact as antidepressants. Um, the phytoncides in the air around broadleaf trees and and pine trees, conifers, are, we breathe them in. They're they're rich in a, in a, in the air and and they are helping with our natural killer cells. They're helping with our immuno system. There's so much science that supports um, yeah. the reduction in in depression, anxiety, rumination, the bolstering in our productivity and clarity it, it's it's endless to the point where you know the mental health foundation has got a really good um it was i think published in 2021 on the back of mental health week um which summarizes loads of this beautifully um nature is restorative i believe we're genetically attuned to being there and um there is theory after theory of reasons why things like stress reduction theory you know um, Ulrich in the I think it was the 80s found that people who were recovering from a stressful event be it an operation be it um, anything who had a view of nature versus a view of a brick wall took less pain relief and recovered quicker than those that didn't so it, there's there's too much now <laughs> of evidence just to say get outside and breathe in that yeah. fresh air mm-hmm. because you can't control it it's turning on your parasympathetic nervous system it's turning on your rest and digest without you doing anything and that's only a good thing so absolutely and it's, you're, you're just coming alive <laughs> <laughs> as you're talking about it and i'm just kind of thinking 
Oh man, that sounds so good. I mean, it's so good to, I mean, I love being outside. I have to be honest and I need my fix. Like most, maybe not as much as you do, but I do need my fix um, because it, it, it makes me feel good within me. And, and, and I think that's something that I've been working on. And what it, it sounds very similar to you is that you start to become much more observant. So you notice when the sun is going behind a cloud, you notice when the leaves are changed, just on the brink of that cusp of changing color through the seasons, you can feel the wind on your face. And, and for me, those primordial sounds that come with being out in nature, I think are, are very restorative. And I do feel for me, it gives me that moment to pause and to take breath and to, to, to be at one, if that's okay to, to say that. You to know. be rather than yeah. to do. Yeah. So again, there's, there's something in that. So there is, there was, um, I think it was Dr. White from Exeter, he, it was recently published, and I think it was in The Guardian, it was looking at the amount of time yeah. that um, you could be outside to get the kind of like optimum dose. And they found that like two hours a week. Now that's not too much to ask, oh, right? I didn't realize I thought it'd be more than that actually. You think it'd be more, yeah. but what's really fascinating is if you're considering, and that's, that's like, you know, running outside, being outside, goal orientated activities outside kind of moving on to well-being. Mm. When you're looking at well-being, it was, I think it's Prof Richardson from Derby looked at um, nature connectedness. And that's like our sense of connection with nature, how we relate to nature, yeah. how we essentially connect with nature. Um, and that had the biggest impact on well-being. So I think they found that, you know, the dose or the time in nature was like 1%, mm. but the connection was 40% wow. um, when it came to looking at boosts in well-being, Amazing. And simple things where you can just, you can get apps now where you're noticing the good things in nature. Yeah. So you can be on your commute or whatever it is and just writing down, I saw the dandelion in the yeah. concrete and it was smiling at me or whatever. It, you know, a bumblebee, yeah. I think um, scarily when surveyed, I think 80% of people just don't don't notice don't yeah. notice don't hear the birds but it is interesting because I, I i would imagine and again just from my own experience and working with you know the clients that i have over the years you know it is because most of us spend the time most of our time in our heads yeah and we're not actually looking up and really taking notice and paying attention in our heads and 90 percent physically of our time indoors yeah which is scary it is considering we have come from nature as you've described so so I'm keen to understand. Thank you for sharing that because it's fascinating and really great references there. And what I love is your science coming through. <laughs> so you're, not the mic there, so we're talking. Uh, that kind of science kind of backed theory coming through. But actually, as you said, we don't really need to have that because we know when you do it, how good you feel yeah. and how much better you feel. So what have you learned on your journey about all the things that we've been talking about? What, what have you learned most that's been good for you? I think what I've learned, well, there's so much I've learned, so I had to, cons had to consolidate that into a brief points. But I think primarily is not to be ashamed of loving nature, of not to be ashamed of someone maybe saying, ooh, you tree hugger. Um, and actually to be, <laughs> do you know what? I'm, I'm bleep proud of that. Mm. Um, if that's going to make me a better person, if that's going to make me love this place more and care for it and tend for it and 
make sure it's here for you and your kids to experience, then so be it. Um, and that takes a lot because coming from, you know, the corporate world and and there's a lot of cynicism still. There's a lot of reticence around holistic health. There's a lot of, yeah. um, I just think, lack of education around how valuable this combined approach can be. Not ever saying take away any of what we know works. Of course, just yeah. blend everything together. Mm. Um, so what have I learned? I've, lo- I've learned to protect my own boundaries as much as I can. I do muck up um, periodically. I've, I've learned to own it, mm-hmm. um, to use my backstory um, and not let that define me, but enable it to push me forwards. Yeah. Um, and just to show up, show up where I can. Amazing. So for those that are listening and watching this, any top tips that you would suggest um, around nature, you know, anything that you've talked about today, what would you say um, that would be worth sharing with our listeners? Well, there is, um, sorry, I've just knocked it too. I would say if you can try and build in some tiny micro moments, they don't have to be, they they don't have to be long extended periods of time, just micro moments of, of connecting with nature, be that even taking your glass of water, the 70% water and just noticing how important that is first before you take that drink then follow seeing you know sensing it as it goes down your throat and the cut the temperature mm. just bring yourself to your senses as much as possible throughout the day um taking a cup of tea outside on a balcony taking yourself to a window mm. um during an office um working day 40 seconds of looking at a tree can make all the difference Bringing in transition zones. So on your commutes, maybe listen to birdsong, maybe mm-hmm. listen to it whilst reading and replying to emails. But having that that sound go through your ear is enabling you to focus outwards, giving you a broader perspective mm-hmm. rather than all the artificial noise which brings us inwards. There are so many ways. So if you want more, you can look on my website, um, there is a, a free kind of booklet that mm-hmm. can give you some top tips. Um, and there's also, please do look at that Mental Health Foundation um, yeah. summary because that, that's really helpful. Sounds really, really important. So thank you so much for sharing what you what you have. I've loved the conversation. So where can people find you? You mentioned your website. So tell us where we can get you first of all on your website. Sure. Um, it, my website is um, naturaledgecoachinguk.co.uk. But I'm also active on Instagram. So yeah. my handle's at Natural Edge Coaching. My phone number's all over that. So yeah. you can just get in contact that way. Amazing. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Well, what an amazing conversation that was with Sam. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I don't know, what struck me the most was the intimacy, the honesty and the vulnerability that Sam shared through her story, but also how important that you start to pay attention to what you're noticing and what you're feeling. We often don't do that because as Sam described, we're living in this very concrete world 
and we do come from nature and how important it is just to take that breath, take the pause. And as she described, those micro moments, because in life we do get lost. Sam was lost. I've been lost. I'm sure at times you felt lost too. And I think that sense of really coming back home to yourself through taking that pause, being outside in nature and just giving yourself permission to be. What resonated most about the conversation with Sam is that actually this was always within her. So she's gone back and intuitively listened to what brings her joy, which is being outside in nature, but now also taking her clients on that journey too. So all I would say to you is if you're ever feeling lost or if you are ever feeling you just need that moment, that micro moment to pause and take a breath, open the front door, get yourself outside and start to pay attention to what you're noticing, but also what you're feeling inside, because that will be your roadmap to health and overall well-being. So I do hope you've enjoyed this conversation. I have taken so many tips from Sam and I'm going to continue to do my outdoors journey and to top up my tank whenever I can. And I hope you will do the same. Thanks so much for listening. 